Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading for this, the third midweek service in Lent, guided by love, is recorded for us in Isaiah chapter 53. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel, that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, Surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely, and he became their Savior. In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is recorded for us in the first letter of John, the third chapter. This John is the same as the gospel writer John. He is the last of the apostles to live, and these letters um, are written in his older age as he's probably approaching death and uh, reflecting and encouraging uh, the Christians. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel is recorded for us in the gospel of St. John, the 19th chapter. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby. He said to his mother, Behold your son. And he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father 
and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Every season of Lent, we are focused on the cross that our Savior bore for us and for our salvation. His willing sacrifice is the center of our faith. His death is the destruction of death, and His resurrection, the very core of our hope for our resurrection to come. So, it's not a surprise that here we are in another Lenten season focused on the cross. We are again looking closely at what Jesus did for us, how the cross demonstrates and establishes for us the full, complete forgiveness of God, the sure and certain hope that we have for life, and an eternal peace with God. But there is also more. Not only is the cross the anchor of our faith, but it also directs and guides the way we live our life as God's people. Today, this third Wednesday in Lent, we are guided by the, to the cross as a full demonstration of the steadfast love of God in Christ. And we are guided by the cross as we are called to live a life of the same unconditional, sacrificial love toward others. The word love is sort of cast about willy-nilly anymore. I guess it's probably always been this way, huh? We love this movie. We love that entertainer. We love the Green Bay Packers. Or whoever you might want to put in there. We love this kind of truck. We love that color. And oh, I absolutely love that outfit. We love ice cream. And then we look at our spouse and say, I love you. And what do you mean by that? Yeah, like your truck or like the ice cream? We also tend to treat love primarily as an emotion. We love things that bring us deep satisfaction. We love things that bring us pleasure or bring us a sense of wholeness. In fact, our desire for these things, satisfaction, pleasure, and wholeness, well, we know that our desire for them is so strong that there is truth in those old country lyrics. Looking for love in all the wrong places. You see, this emotional bond is a part of what love is about. But love is so much more than a feeling or, on the negative side, a craving. Love is meant to be an action. It's meant to be a way of behaving. Love, ultimately, is living for the other rather than for the self. We get a glimpse of that love in the love we share with our spouses. From the very beginning, God gave marriage as a gift. He actually created, formed, and shaped our bodies to be in a unique relationship. And he defined and blessed marriage. A man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The love between a husband and a wife binds them together in a special, a unique, and an intimate way. 
But even love is meant to be far more than just a physical and emotional bond. This is what St. Paul speaks of in the letter to the Ephesians. Marital love is to actually reflect the love that Christ has for us, especially as it sacrifices for the other. Jesus is the bridegroom who committed himself completely to us, even unto death. We see that to-the-death love on full display at the cross. Because Jesus loved us in this way, he died for us. Elsewhere, St. Paul would also write about how astonishing this kind of love actually is when he says, one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us when we did not deserve it at all. He died for us simply because of his unconditional love for us. And he loves us, not because of all the great and awesome things we have done for him, but he actually loves us in spite of whatever we have done. He loves us to the death because he wants to be with us for all of life, both now and eternally. Christ gives himself completely on the cross in order to purify his bride, the church. He gave himself completely on the cross to make us, who are dressed in the filthy rags of our sin, to make us holy and without blemish, with no spot or wrinkle or any kind of stain. This is the unconditional, sacrificial love of God in Christ for us. And this is the unconditional and sacrificial love we are to show others. You know, it's easy for marital love to decay into an attitude of, what's in it for me? But Jesus shows us that our love is to be focused on, what can I do for you? And it's amazing that when we live this way toward each other, we find our love being built up, and growing. But we also see that at the cross, these bands of love extend beyond husband and wife. They extend to family, of course, but not just the biological family. We heard it in the gospel reading when Jesus invited Mary and John into a new relationship as mother and son. Jesus was creating a new family in that moment. He was making the bond of love permanent in the words, Behold your son, behold your mother. And Jesus wants us to treat each other like family as well, whether biological or not. As we live in the shadow of the cross, as we live in the aftermath of Jesus' death and resurrection. So we can ask the question, who is someone not in your family that you can treat like a brother or sister, a mother or a father, in a Christ-like and loving way? 
maybe in a way you've never considered before. Now, showing that type of love of Christ is not always easy. Sometimes our love may not even be noticed and, or appreciated. But we are called to love anyway. In the early church, Tertullian tells us that the pagans were struck by the care and the support Christians showed and gave each other. He said the quote was, see how they love one another. I've been a witness to this love here at St. John's as a pastor, seeing it happen in the bonds of the congregation and receiving it personally. We're always called, as, as Jesus said, by this all men shall know that you are my disciples if you love one another. But the unconditional love of Jesus challenges us to even more, right? John captured that well for us in our epistle reading. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lie down our, lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. You see, we recognize that the love and care that God demonstrates to us in even, even in our material blessings that we enjoy, that we are supposed to use those material blessings to demonstrate God's love to others, especially the brothers. But the unconditional love of Jesus pushes us to even more radical demonstrations of love. We're not only supposed to love those who can love us back, but Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, this is exactly what Jesus did on the cross, forgiving his tormentors, welcoming the repentant criminal into his kingdom. As he suffered, Jesus didn't demonstrate anger as the soldiers whipped him, twisted a crown of thorns on his head, put that purple robe on his shoulders. No, instead, he stood in silence in the face of his attackers. But then he went one step further. As he's being nailed to the cross and raised in place, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. If ever there were an undercurrent of love, it was right there in that statement. Jesus knows that it's the sin within these evildoers that's dictating their actions. He knows that even these enemies are worth saving and that they can be saved through His act of love on the cross, which will destroy the power of sin within them and within us. we see in Scripture that to actually love is a gigantic and radical call to action. But its source, it continues to remain with God. We know John 
We want to hear it just a little bit differently today. God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you want to know the love of God? You don't look to your personal circumstances, but you look to the cross. The story of Jesus on the cross is, at its heart, a love story. God's love for his creation, Jesus' love for us, and then our love in return. But it's not about an emotion, and it's not about words. It's all about action. God's action in sending his son. Jesus' action in sacrificing himself for us. And our honoring of Jesus is that love story in reverse. We're simply returning the same love that he has shown to us. We live in his love. When we love without stipulation, without requirements, without demands. We live in his love when we don't hold back. When we love without limit. When we love fully and as freely as what took place on the cross. This week, we are guided to the cross as the fullest and eternal demonstration of God's love for us. But we are also then guided by the cross as we are called to live the same life of sacrificial love toward others. We love because he first loved us. Amen. And may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ your Savior. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.